as I woke up this morning, I was thinking of all the strange topics that that occupy our news cycle, and I suddenly realized there's a common thread. There is a common thread from everything dealing with climate change to to even transgenderism. You want to know what it is? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Before I get to the topic at hand, I just want to take a couple of moments here at the very beginning of the program to, to take a remembrance of sort. It's hard to believe that, that Sunday, this past Sunday, the 11th of September, was the 21st anniversary of what happened in the United States on 9-11. I'm not going to discuss all the mechanics of it, but just a couple of things that I I want to remind you of going back in time. Do you remember, if you're old enough, 21 years ago, how did America feel the day after 9-11? How did America feel on that day 21 years ago? We were unified. We got along. The anger and the hostility, it simmered down tremendously. All of a sudden, for a brief moment in time here in the United States, we were no longer Democrats or Republicans or independents or whatever. Didn't matter. For a brief moment in time, we were United Americans. But how long did that last? before it all started to unravel. I remember it quite well. I can remember watching all of this unfold on our television. I can remember the day of 9-11. I did some part-time work. I, I actually was primarily the pastor of a church in Florida, but I supplemented my income working part-time as a broadcast engineer for a group of radio stations on the west coast of Florida. And I would come in a couple of days a week to check on things, and and that was one of my days to go in. And I'd gotten up that morning, and I started heading out, and it was about from my home, maybe a half-hour drive to where I needed to be. And I'm listening to one of the news talk radio stations of that group of radio stations. And we're hearing the news about some kind of an airplane hit one of the World Trade Centers. People thought maybe it was a commuter plane. Maybe it was a private plane. Nobody nobody knew for sure what it was. And honestly, at that point, as I'm driving, driving from my home, in Venice, Florida, to this location in Sarasota, I didn't really think too much of it. And here's why. I can remember back when I was in college watching those massive buildings (laughs) going up. And my concern was for those people that might be in that little portion of the building where the whatever kind of airplane it was would have hit, And maybe those on the ground when the debris fell. But I never anticipated what was going to happen next. Minutes later, 
a report of another aircraft hitting the other tower. And then the rest of the day, if you're old enough to remember, unfolded. Regardless of any of the underlying stories of who, what, why, and the truth of the matter was, Americans who watched this unfold saw their nation under attack. And honestly, it's probably the first time outside of Pearl Harbor since the United States was attacked and the last time that had happened, what, the War of 1812? The oceans protected us. We never thought about warfare coming to our our nation from abroad anymore. It just wasn't in the cards. And here we are with more people having been killed that day than in Pearl Harbor's attack in December of 1941. I can remember talking to my father on the phone that night when we finally could get a phone call out because the phone phone lines were so busy. And my father and I discussed the matter for a number of days. And, and my father was, of course, definitely concerned, wondering what's going to happen next. Is this the beginning of something? And looking back over 21 years, yeah, it was the beginning of something, but I think something we never anticipated. When I first went into emergency management for a brief period of my time before I, quote, technically retired, spent a number of years doing that after I had moved from Florida, and I've, I've told the story before how I needed to take time away from ministry. And I ended up using my background in broadcast to, to work in emergency management, primarily public information. It grew into planning. We were still in the mindset. I mean, we're talking six, seven years later. We're still somewhat in the mindset of 9-11 to a degree. I can remember putting together a training exercise based on international terrorism. And it was quite a scenario that we played out in a training drill that lasted 10 days over a number of counties with 2,500 different actors, including the National Guard, where we simulated, and we did a pretty good job of this, of what would happen when you have homegrown terrorism paid for by outside forces in even not so urban America. Whole idea is to cause unrest. And so from this vantage point, 21 years later, where all the unity that America had 21 years ago, I can say without the shadow of a doubt, we are more divided today, more angry today, more hostile today, less generous today than we as a nation were 21 years ago. We learn nothing about coming together. We learn nothing about respect one for another. We no longer even care about good and evil. 
It's all gone by the wayside. It's all been sacrificed on the altar of politics and division. And so here we are. Which brings me into the real topic for today. All of these news stories that are swirling around us on a daily basis. It's like as soon as you get out of bed and in this digital computerized age of email, instant communication, 24-7 news cycles on cable and satellite and streaming, we are immediately inundated first thing in the morning with all of the bad news, all of the fear, because it always dominates the headlines. Oh, yeah, you can put on Fox and Friends and they'll have some happy stories about recipes and dieting or something or who knows. And even sources like Fox News, I have a story in front of me from somebody I respect that says, you know, Fox News, to me, I when I first viewed Fox News way back in 1996, I just gotten a satellite dish because, well, it was cheaper than cable. And where we lived, we had a terrible time getting reception over the air. And so I decided, okay, I I can deal with 20-something a month. It was not that many channels. But it was cheaper than cable. This is before the internet was in the house. We we only had dial-up back then. Remember dial-up? I didn't do a whole lot on the internet. And so we discovered this news channel called Fox News, which fair and balanced. We enjoyed it, watched it, and it seemed like a breath of fresh air even in the 1990s. Today, I don't know what I trust on Fox News anymore. There are a handful, a small, tiny handful of people that I somewhat trust. But much of their daytime reporting, much of their daytime news staff, has basically decided to go into a, I'll use a polite term, broader agenda. And, and it's not so much that they want to share both sides. It's they are beginning to, to move toward a place that I, I find dangerous. You know, even when it comes to people's opinions on vaccines and what have you. And this is true with Newsmax. They took the money. The federal government talking about how safe and effective they are for everybody. So hurry and get your, your third booster today. They're no longer objective, for the most part, most of the day, on that topic because they have been bought and paid for. So when you look at all the news stories that swirl around us, let's think about them right now. Climate change, there's a biggie. We we hear more and more every day about climate change and how we must do something right now. We must go absolutely green. We need to get rid of the gasoline engine. We need to get rid of all fossil fuel. And I don't care what anybody says. There is no such thing as a fossil fuel. It's in your imagination. Let me explain. I don't care what anybody says, but this is the, this is the true story. The term fossil fuel goes back to the 1700s. The 1700s. Russian scientists theorized these deposits of oil found not that deep in the ground. 
that's where oil was coming from, must have been the remnants of ages past. The dinosaurs. In the 1920s, I guess it was, maybe 1930s, United States, Sinclair Oil. Their their claim to fame was their, um, their logo, Dino the Dinosaur, and the little green dinosaur. Because, see, that's where, that's where oil comes from, dinosaurs. And we've just been believing that blindly since the 1700s. In the 1950s, you started hearing about peak oil. We're going to run out someday real soon. We better start thinking about this. Because, see, by the 1970s or 80s, if we don't do something, we're going to be out of oil. And that turned out not to be true. In fact, every bit of these theories from fossil fuel to peak oil, all of it, all of it was based on assumptions that were never true. I can remember back in the 1970s, there used to be some oil fields in a lot of places that ended up starting to close down in the 1970s. Remember the first go-round of of OPEC holding back the oil and the gas lines and odd and even days. I remember it well. And how gasoline went from, you know, 25 cents or 29 cents a gallon to to 40 and then 45 cents. And holy mackerel, it went past 50 cents. And most gas pumps were incapable of measuring any price over 49.9 cents. That's as high as they could go. And so what they had to start doing was doubling the price you see in the pump. So if it said 30 cents, it's 60 cents. We never expected gasoline to be above 49 cents. And suddenly the world changed. It took several years, and before you know it, they added a third digit to deal with dollars per gallon. And all the time we're being told we're running out of oil. It's going to be, it's a commodity that's going to go away. And we know now that just in the state of Texas alone, there's enough oil to meet the United States' needs for the next 400 years. 400. See, we discovered that this theory from the 1700s of the Russian scientists of it all being, you know, rotting dinosaurs that turned into oil was not true. Oil is coming from definitely somewhere else. Oil wells that were capped in the 1970s are now full again today and could be pumped. What's going on? So we're told to fear climate change. In the 1970s, we were told to fear climate change because we're all going to freeze to death. Before the year 2000, it's going to be so cold that those people retiring to Miami Beach may have to worry about bringing their snow shovel because they still might need it now in Miami. That turned out not to be true. 
instead of the world freezing as promised, and I want you to think about this for a moment as we look at these narratives, and I want to go through them today. Instead of the world freezing over, like we were warned it was going to happen because of mankind, all of a sudden it didn't freeze. The snowfalls never came to Miami. Matter of fact, we went into a period of time that was a bit milder. You know, I can remember growing up and living where I did in the northern part of the United States, New York State, Long Island, then a small town upstate. We dealt with a lot of snow every winter in upstate New York. Even in Long Island, we had a lot of snow in the 1970s, in the 1960s. My grandparents would tell me that for many, many years in the 1940s and 50s, the same thing. A lot of snow, colder weather. I can remember cool nights in the summertime, warm by day, but those nice little cool breezes at night. My grandparents never needed air conditioning. But that all started to change as we got into the latter part or the middle part of the 1980s. It gradually started getting a little bit warmer at night. Those nice southerly breezes coming across Manhasset Bay were a tad warmer. And all of a sudden, after a period of silence because the world wasn't freezing, the new mantra became global warming. The world is experiencing global warming, and we must find out what it is. Well, they did. They figured it out. It's got to be mankind. It's got to be our... Our, our gasoline engines, it's got to be our modern lifestyle. We must do something to save the planet. And dire prediction after dire prediction came our way. You remember all those predictions? Yeah, there are a lot of them. There are hundreds of them. And all those that were supposed to have happened by now have failed to happen. Hundreds of these predictions, total failures. Yet we're told this time we've got it right. This time we know that by 2054, when I'm 100 years old, it's going to be a problem that we have to fix today. We have been lied to consistently for the past 52 years that I know of since the first Earth Day, probably even before then. And we're supposed to believe they got it right now. And they can figure out what's going to happen 30, 40, 50 years from now. I don't believe them. Because, see, it's one of the never-ending agendas that'll be used to control how you live your daily life. Now, I don't, doesn't matter if you like the guy or not way back when. I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh back in the day. And I can remember when I would have a chance to hear him in the 1990s. I remember him saying something that people laughed at. I mean, people mocked him for saying what he said. You know, if you remember Desert Storm, let's start with Desert Storm in the 1990s. And we discovered this great vehicle that the the United States Army was driving around in the desert called the Humvee. Remember those big, monstrous cars, big tires, terrible gas mileage? Everybody wanted to have a Humvee. They were rather expensive. But that started a craze where people 
we're moving rapidly into what we call the SUV, the sports utility vehicle. Now, we've always had some, but they were never big sellers. Only in certain parts of the country, like up in the mountains. I can remember driving around years ago in a a Jeep Cherokee that doesn't look anything like this land yacht they have today. And not many people had them. They were four-wheel drive, off-road vehicles. You know, you in, in the radio engineering business, like, um, oh, I think Ford had a little vehicle. I can't remember the name of it now. It doesn't matter. Uh, it was a little vehicle that it was four-wheel drive. You had to lock them in by by hand. And they were great for getting around in the, you know, in bad terrain. But the average person didn't have one. Most people draw to, drove a sedan or a station wagon or a pickup truck, depending where you lived. And now this new craze of the SUV. And over the years, these SUVs that started out small started getting a wee bit bigger and bigger. And I remember as people were buying these things and these SUVs are, are now on the highways. Rush Limbaugh made an interesting prediction. He said there's going to be a war by the environmentalist on the SUV. He said, mark my words, the day is going to come. They're they're going to declare war on you having an SUV, especially a big SUV. There are a lot of those on the road, too, like the Humvee. Uh, like the, I'm trying to remember the some of these big GMC vehicles that are out there that are huge, the Blazers and and what have you that are have gone, the Explorers, all these big SUVs. They're going to be targeted by the left as destroying the climate. And people laughed and said, "That'll never happen. This is the United States, the land of the free, the home of the brave. We have a constitution to." to protect us from these people around the globe. He was right whether you want to admit it or not. Rush Limbaugh was was right on. There is a war in the SUV. Sure, they're a popular vehicle. Some car manufacturers, that's pretty much all they make right now. But the war is on. We heard about a week or so ago that in California... By the year 2035, you can no longer buy a gasoline-powered vehicle. They've already outlawed the gasoline-powered lawnmower. Can't buy them anymore. And a bunch of states that were run by basically leftist idiots, they signed on that when California does something, we're going to follow too. Yeah, I guess if California wants to jump over the cliff, we're going to jump over with them. And all of this climate change hysteria is based on a bunch of false assumptions, predictions that never came true, and an ever, never, a never ending, a never ending campaign of fear that starts in kindergarten and preschool with your children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. They're being told from the time that they enter kindergarten you know publicly funded in particular 
that we must save the planet and the polar bears that are dying. You know, all the, the Al Gore had a movie, an inconvenient truth. Well, the, the real inconvenient truth is most of the movie was a lie. It was totally, most of it was a lie, provable. But see, nobody, nobody wants to know the truth. They just get into the emotional cause and they, we're going to, we got to save the planet. We're going to self-destruct, you know, we're going to burn up. I can remember, and I'm not going to play it. I've played it on this program before. I just don't have time today. I've got too many topics to get into, but, but years ago, and I'm thinking back in the early 2000s, maybe late 1990s when Al Gore was president or just had left and was getting into his climate alarmism. There was a parody song that was put out. Paul Shanklin recorded it using the, the melody to uh, Burning Ring of Fire that was made famous by Johnny Cash. And the earth is going to turn into a you know bawling rage of fire from you know global warming. Have you noticed you don't hear the term much anymore? Global warming. It was really big starting in it. It crept out in like the late eighties, and it dominated the conversation all the way through the nineteen nineties into into the two thousands. And, and somewhere around two thousand five or six, I can't remember when. I detected the change that suddenly you started hearing the term climate change instead of global warming. Now, President Clinton and Al Gore, they used the term global warming exclusively for a decade or more. And then quietly it became climate change. Why? Because anybody that would ever look at the data and the numbers that were really coming out when you took it not just year to year, but over like 50 or 100 years, realized that the hockey stick graph was fraudulent and that the world was really not getting warmer and all the predictions of incredibly bad global warming were just a pipe dream. It wasn't happening. You know, it's really bad when you realize that the founder of Greenpeace, remember them? Founder of Greenpeace, Name is Patrick Moore. And even he finally has to agree. And there was a series of emails that came out between Greenpeace founder Patrick Moore and, and a South Korean professor where he admits that climate change is all based on a false narrative and is now nothing more than a political movement. It has nothing to really do with an environmental movement. He's made it very clear that Greenpeace now has been hijacked by a political movement, the extreme left. And when he realized there was money and power in the environmental movement, the left-leaning activists in North America and Europe stopped being science-based and moved into a political fundraising organization. The entire environmental movement, I can tell you this, has been co-opted by every globalist enterprise, one world government seeking organization on the planet. They've looked for anything to instill fear and guilt to get control. And that is the important point of the narrative. 
All of these news stories, I'm going to get into a few more on the other side of our break. And then we're going to tie them all together. You need to understand this. That everything that is used to to instill fear and compliance and control, all of it has generally been based on a lie or an exaggeration of what little truth there is. And money and power are always at the root if you hadn't figured that out. Now, as we go to our break, I want to thank all of you that listen to this program each and every day. I know there are only some, there's some that only hear it on the weekend you may not know about, but there's some that only hear it on the weekend. And I'm looking at some things that are coming down the pike, and I'm kind of excited. I'm, I'm actually very positive about some of the things you might be seeing happening. Things are, things are happening in the background. Let's put it that way. I'm not fully free to discuss everything at the moment, but I'll tell you more later. I think we have an opportunity to reach more people than ever before, not just this radio program. I'm saying those of us that are believers in Jesus Christ and hold firm to the faith, we're coming into a time of opportunity. And being, there are two things you got to be a little bit more, shall we say, knowledgeable. A lot of Christians are not as knowledgeable about their scripture, their beliefs, their faith. They don't know as much as they should. They, they, they don't read. They don't study as much. And so they're still babes in the faith, unfortunately, even though they've been in the church for 40 or 50 years. That's got to change. One of the lost arts, I believe, in Christianity is being what is called an apologist, a defender of the faith, someone that understands and can answer the very difficult questions that the world is going to present. And there are answers for those that are led by God's Spirit and are <laughs> and spend time in His Word and prayer. I believe we have a time where some truth is going to be revealed to a lot of people that are on the fence. There are some people that are so far gone that the truth no longer lies in them and they have chosen to believe a lie and God has granted their wish. They will forever believe the lie, which is sad. But there's a time coming and I believe we need to take advantage of it and I plan to do it. We need to have people that understand more about the narratives and the stories behind the narratives. Why, why do nations want everybody vaccinated? It has more to that. It's not health. Why did we have lockdowns? Why did we have people stay at home? Why do we have people wearing, you know, these these face diapers? That's what I call them, even on little children. And I still see some people doing it. And it was all based on fraudulent science. We knew the science before the pandemic that for a virus, it was worthless. But we did it anyway. And now people are using them like a security blanket. Compliance and fear. 
And this is why I want to get into some more stories than just the climate change, because there are so many of them swirling around at one time. We are constantly being buffeted on a daily basis by the next story of gloom, doom, fear. And then you mix in a nice helping, heaping dose of confusion. And you just want it to go away. I'm going to ask this question as we go to the break. Do you ever watch the news? My wife has done this before and said, make it stop. Please make it stop when you look at some of the insanity, the crime rate, the transgenderism stuff, kids getting their bodies mutilated at young ages under you know hormone therapy to destroy them. And, and some of the things that it's, I'll go into it in a minute. If you believe in our ministry, we have some great opportunity and I wanna thank you for supporting us. Things are getting a, a little bit on an even keel. We have a new mailing address and it's a lot easier to write down. And I wanna let you know, if you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, the mailing address now is, is 510-510-510. P.O. Box 510. And the city is Chilhowie. C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowie, the state is Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. Once again, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Mail it to Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510. P.O. Box 510. Chilhowie. C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. It's like it sounds. Chilhowie. The state is Virginia. The zip code is 24319. And we will be right back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The Alpha Command coming up. Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you, my friend in Messiah. This is Jonathan Kahn, the nice Jewish boy, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get a pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Do you know what the first command ever given to Israel as a nation and, and to be continually observed was? Do you know what it was? It's going to surprise you. Well, it's in Exodus 12, where the Lord tells the whole nation, take a lamb, each of you, for the each house, take a lamb. The Hebrew word lakach means to accept the lamb or receive the lamb as well. Amazing. The alpha command of Israel, of the Jewish people, the first command ever given as a nation perpetually is Accept the lamb, receive the lamb. Amazing, because Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus is the lamb. And that was before everything else, before the law, before everything else, is receive the lamb. And that means the whole age is waiting for the Jewish people to fulfill this first command when they will see him whom they have pierced. That's when blessing will come over the earth, when they accept their Messiah. Then Paul says, what will it be when the Jewish people come home? It'll be blessings for the world. The whole earth is waiting for it. All these blessings when they fulfill the first command. Well, that says something. You know what? God's waiting to bless your life too. Not just Israel. He wants to bless your life. There's a blessing waiting, a great blessing. But only comes when you obey what he said to you. Do the will of God. Do what you know he wants you to do in your life. Stop putting it off. Get it together. Do what you have to do. Stop not doing it. Do it. Because the blessing will come when you fulfill 
your alpha command. Now, want more? Ask for the Nissan Lamb on CD. Now, the free gift for you. For 2,000 years hidden in Israel, the better than Raiders of the Lost Ark, the mystery of the temple doors on CD. You'll love it. And Sapphire's your daily spiritual vitamin supply for victorious life in God. How do you get these free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. And I invite you to minister with me and bring the good news back to the people who gave it to you. Israel and the unreached peoples of every tribe and tongue on five continents. You'll be blessed. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will blanket the earth. It's amazing. Shortwave radio. Just call Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Just write to the nice Jewish boy. Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Hasadohim, the Lamb of God. is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Monday. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, as we get back to this part of the program, I do want to share with you a couple of additional thoughts that as I close the first segment will lead us into our second segment. I had mentioned the founder of Greenpeace had finally come to the conclusion that that his well-intentioned organization from well back when, Greenpeace, its founder, Patrick Moore, had finally come to realize that the left-leaning political activists in North America and Europe were hijacking Greenpeace from a science-based organization to nothing more than political fundraising, which means political control. And he made this statement, and I want you to understand this, after, you know, 15 years after he founded Greenpeace, he left the organization. The environmental movement, he said, over these years since he left, is a political movement. They really don't care about the environment. It all sounds good. It makes a great narrative. And they're focused on creating narratives. They're creating these emotionally based scary stories designed to instill fear and guilt into the public so they will be willing to either send the money or pay more in taxes or do something to save the planet. And he claimed they typically carry out their political operations behind closed doors with other globalist type operations. Let me give you a couple of the globalist type operations that are really working hand in hand with organizations like today's Greenpeace. Of course, the United Nations. And they have their own climate change agenda as well. The World Economic Forum, do you think? And many other similar type organizations around the globe. Have you ever noticed, by the way, 
when any climate change activist travels somewhere, they're always in a private jet, leaving the biggest carbon footprint you can get for one person. And this international panel on climate change hires scientists to provide them with information that only supports their climate emergency narrative. Their campaign right now, as you know, is against fossil fuel, nuclear energy, CO2, plastics, everything. And everybody is being told from the time they enter a public school today that the world is going to come to an end unless we cripple our entire civilization and decimate and destroy the economy. This is where we are. This is just a part of the movement today. This is just a part of what's happening. So you have the climate change policies on one side, and we're being told we need to see renewable green this, that, and the other. You also have people that believe that I read a story, it, was kind of, it kind of was disappointing. Jonas Salk, who gave us the polio vaccine, was also a person that believed something that you need to bear in mind. He once said that if insects were to disappear from the face of the earth, all life would be gone in 50 years. But he said if mankind was to disappear and go extinct from the planet, the planet would thrive and do better. Just so you know, he comes from that mindset. And so we need to understand that climate, viruses, food production, all of it is being, is being filtered through a narrative of fear and control. Now, People laughed at this, and and some people are already coming around to, how about that? They were right. I can remember a program we did on this program probably 18 months ago. I would say around or you know actually before the election of twenty of 2020. So uh, not almost maybe 19, 20, 21, 22 months ago. Made the comment had a guest make a comment, and this guest was right, that everything we're seeing in the lockdowns that were still a big deal in much of the world. Remember, we had a little bit of freedom given back in the summer of 2020. Though we were told to social distance and don't go to Sturgis, you know, South Dakota, which people did anyway, it'll be a super spreader event and millions will die, blah, blah, blah. And none of it ever happened. The lockdowns, the businesses shut down. In states like New York, states like New Jersey, Connecticut, California, Massachusetts, and Illinois, and you can go down the long list of of states that did stupid and idiotic things. Hey, it was great to protest. You could burn down, you could riot in the streets. You could burn down buildings in the name of George Floyd, but, but oh man, oh, I mean... You got a social distance. You can't go to church. You can't go to school. You can't open your pizza place. You can't do anything. We're all going to die of the virus if you don't. And now we know that the PCR test was fraudulent. I read enough of people that have put their credibility on a line and have invited to be sued. 
I know one guy, Dr. Paul Alexander, is a genius. He's made it real clear. Come on. Come on, Pfizer. Come on, Moderna. Come on, Fauci. Sue me for slander. He calls them out for what they are, frauds and killers. Frauds and killers. He said, prove me wrong. Take me to court. Sue me. Let's get you on the record. Let's have some discovery. They'll never do it because they know they would lose. And he would win. But we said on the program back then that climate change was a dress rehearsal for, I mean, the the lockdowns. The lockdowns for the virus were a, and, and understand this and tie the pieces together. These lockdowns for the virus were a dress rehearsal for lockdowns for climate change. Oh, yeah. Going to work remotely is a dress rehearsal for more control over your life. The electric cars. You got California. What kind of idiocy possesses a person like Governor Gavin Newsom? I think it's because he has literally given his heart over to the dark side any Christian faith he may have been exposed to, he has rejected and made a mockery of. Just like Nancy Pelosi, I'm a good Catholic, but I'm pro-abortion. I love dead babies. I think we should change people's genders and the government should pay for it. All of this, this satanic sickness that emanates from these people, they are not believers. They're frauds. They are not Christian. They are the enemy of your faith. And we see it in people like Kathy Hochul, Hochul, whatever it is, in New York, the governor there. We thought thought that St. Andrew Cuomo the Pious was bad. This gal is worse. This woman is sick. And once again, another one of these, I'm a good Catholic too from Buffalo. You make a mockery of the Christian faith if that's what you think you are. The Bible says you will know them by their fruits, and her fruits are evil and bad, dangerous, and deadly. I'll just come out and say it. They believe in this gender fluidity. They believe there should be no morality, that everybody should be able to do freely what they want to do. Monkeypox. Yes, we all must fear monkeypox, even though it is a disease that is being spread by male homosexuals. It's not in the general public. We don't need to vaccinate children for monkeypox. We never needed to vaccinate children for the coronavirus. They were never spreaders and they never were at risk. You know, Germany studied 1.9 million kids. Sweden about the same. Tracked them. How many came down with corona? Very few. How many died? Zero. And they were unvaccinated. How can that be? In contact tracing, how many kids brought home the deadly coronavirus to grandma? Virtually zero. Children's immune systems are incredible gifts from God. They they do things that us older folk, even as well trained as our immune system should be, they do things we can't. And so it was fraud from day one when it came to children 
and, and the vaccine. Yet we're learning how to be compliant little sheep. When the government says do something, you must do it. You know, we need to have you stay home two days a week and work from home in the metaverse. Yeah, thank you, Facebook, now called Meta, for creating the metaverse where we can put on our goggles, we can put on our headset, we can immerse ourselves in a phony, fake virtual world. We can then use less water. We don't have to shower as much because we're not really interacting with people. We're interacting in a virtual world that is all pretend like a video game. That's the world the elites envision for the useful drones. And forget eating, you know, a steak this weekend. We got crickets and bugs we're going to make into meat. You know, when people first mentioned it to me a couple of years ago that someday they're going to, you know, when somebody first talked about, you remember Burger King, a place that I <laughs> I can't stand. Even their so-called beef is awful to me. That's just, I just don't like the stuff. But they came out with the, uh, what is it, the Beyond Burger, the uh, the, un- the Unbelievable Burger. I, went, I don't even know what the name of it is, but it's all fake. It's plant-based garbage bunch of soy, which none of us need, unless you want more estrogen in your body, which is something men do not need. I mean, think about this for a minute. We've been gradually, I was in the grocery store Saturday with my wife, and I'm going through an aisle, and I'm looking at all this new sections in these grocery stores, even in, in conservative places, of all this fake meat. Beyond beef, beyond meat. And before long, it's going to be full of crickets and cockroaches because they're healthy. God did not look. I know in some cultures, eating bugs may be something they do. It's something I don't. But they're going to gradually educate your children. You're going to start seeing it in pet food. Oh, yeah. So you get used to the idea that it's not bad. It smells like beef. That little treat you're giving your dog, it's made out of crickets. But it smells like beef. So it really can't be all that bad. You're being educated to get used to eating bugs and living in a virtual world. And see, the the automobile in my lifetime... Let's get by the 19, even the 1950s, people could take their car from New York to California. It was a little bit more difficult, but you could do it. I can remember in the 70s, you know, driving from New York down to Georgia, you know, no big deal. Never thought twice about it. Hopped on the interstate, sped down the highway, stopped every so often to throw gas in the car. I had freedom of travel anywhere I wanted to go. I can remember in 2004, after my first wife had passed away, I thought about taking about four or five months off at some point. Had it not been going into the winter, I probably would have. I had a member of my church said, look, you need to take some time away. And, and I'll, I, I will pay to get somebody to cover you while you're gone. And, here's, and I'll give you some extra money to take a lengthy vacation. I really thought about getting in my Jeep Grand Cherokee and heading out 
from Florida, maybe take I-10 to California, go up the Pacific Coast Highway and drive across Canada, come back to New York, come down the coast and maybe spend two months doing it just to have time to myself to heal. If the elites of the world have their way, you're not going to be able to do that. Why? The electric car. California, the reprobate state. That should be their new line. The reprobate state. They want you to cut back on electricity. They want you to turn off your air conditioning. They want you to not use big appliances. And they want you to buy an electric car. Silly me. How am I going to charge this stupid thing, Governor Newsom? Oh, we'll have magic whatever with fairy dust and whatever. We'll, we'll create electricity by 2035. You just trust us. Just buy an electric car. They never, if we all went to electric cars by 2035, we do not have the time to build what it would take to power those vehicles. You couldn't build windmills or solar panels from China fast enough. There would not be the ability to create the batteries from the mining in Africa. You couldn't do it. It's not there. It's all a fraud. So the batteries would have to be smaller. And your range significantly less. Because then you'll have to rely on mass transit. Then you can't live in the country anymore like you want to. Because, you know, living eight miles, ten miles out of town is not good for the environment. Your gasoline car is going to cause the world to catch fire. Make CO2 go through the roof. It's all... It, it, I, let, me, let me explain something. All that CO2 is wonderful. It makes plants grow. There are times in the Earth's history the CO2 levels were higher than they are today. There's an up and down cycle. This, world, this, this globe wobbles a bit. And you can actually, if you ever look at it, there is a cycle that you can look over the years where the earth was in its little bit of a wobble and a slight change, very slight, but it caused significant cooling or significant warming. It's predictable. And then for these little aberrations we see from time to time, look at sunspot activity. It's amazing how it all follows causes that we can't control. But they want you to believe that we can control them. And so our children are confused with transgenderism. Our children are exposed to sexuality at increasingly younger ages. You have sick individuals, some of them in government, that believe in MAPS. Hmm, what is that? That is a, what is MAPS? It is a, it is a minor attracted person. We should not think pedophilia is a bad thing. It's just a minor attracted person, and we need to normalize it. We've been normalizing a lot of aberrations over the past 30 to 40 years. Are we any better as a society for it? Absolutely not. Look at the violence. Look at the anger. Look at the hostility. Hey, no bail for jail. Just, you know... Beat somebody up on the streets of New York with a baseball bat. You'll be home this afternoon, and you'll never see an inside of a jail. We don't need police. People defending their families are the only evil people out there.
Everybody else is just misunderstood. Or they had a tough time. Or it's this, or it's that, or it's the other. And then we have transgenderism. We have teachers in our school that are purely agents of Satan. They're not teachers. They are agents. They're agents from hell. And their only job with their demonic possession is to grab your children, indoctrinate your children, break the bond between you and your child, and turn them over to a godless state, put them in the virtual world, enslave them, entrap them in sexual moral deprivation. Yeah, that's the world we're fighting right now. And I didn't even get to all of the things that are swirling in the news. It all has a common thread. The enemy of your soul and mine has one goal in mind. Death, destruction, and the destruction of you and your family and this world and everything that is decent. And because of greed, stupidity, or having signed your soul over to the devil himself, people keep voting these reprobate, antichrist loving individuals into political office. I'm going to say it. Joe Biden, by the fruits of what comes out of your mouth and your administration, you are the most despicable, disgusting, and evil administration this nation has ever seen. You have got a bunch of weirdos, sick Satanists in your administration, transgender activists, homosexual, flagrant homosexual, and people that think male, I mean minor attracted persons, is a good thing. It's a sick world in which we live, my friend. And sadly, the church has been impotent to deal with it. We comply with every lockdown that Fauci the fraud ever came up with. I call him Little Lord Fauneroy Fauci. I am science. You're the devil incarnate. You and your ilk. They use the pandemic for politics and power. He's getting out of town before a potential change occurs in the House of Representatives in the Senate. Yeah, he's retiring just in time. Take his passport. Make sure he can't leave the country. I'm serious. I don't trust him. We're going to pick up on this tomorrow. I mean, I'm just beginning. This is where we have to go. I, I don't need to deal with some of the issues we've dealt with extensively. We need to tie all this together and empower you to understand this world in which we live and how it's changing and how we're ushering in a different time. Are you ready? If you believe in this ministry, would you consider financial support? Make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, mailing address, P.O. Box 510. P.O. Box 510, Chilhowee. Virginia, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, and the zip code is 24319. That's zip code 24319. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com truth to ponder shining the light of truth in a darkening world